Hey everyone, welcome to So Taboo, your weekly podcast where we talk about everything you don't want to talk about, ranging from women's health to overall wellness. Hi! Hey Shanice. Hey Simone. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Stuck at Home <laughs> for I don't know how long. Um, today we have another special guest, a good friend of mine, Keith and Keith and say hi. Hello. Hey. <laughs> so I'm so excited to have this conversation because um, last week we had my sister on and she's talked, she's, you know, talked a little, little bit about her experiences of um, being black, being gay, being, you know, dealing with her own mental wellness issues and how like politics and life and certain things affects her. And now we have Keithan on to tell us about his story and kind of like, what is it, what's it like to be a double minority? Cause like that shit is real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> layers upon layers so i'm so excited to have you on keithan but before we get started how are you doing this quarantine like how, how are you handling that how am i doing with quarantine wow um yeah. my friend actually gave me a schedule uh about two weeks ago of things to do throughout the day because before i was just sitting at home watching endless netflix <laughs> <laughs> but now i am um i'm journaling i picked okay. up meditation just things to just calm the mind yeah that's good i need some of that because my mind is so busy it's ridiculous and it's so much worse now i thought i was doing well and then the last couple of weeks i've just been like running a mile per hour and I feel like my mind my mind just doesn't slow down. It's it's frustrating actually. Yeah, it's easy to get caught up in that. That's why I try to implement those things even before this whole pandemic happened because life can definitely come at you fast. So I can definitely relate with like the whole journaling thing. And it's funny because I was never into journal if you actually like two years ago, if I was out here journaling, I would look at you like no (laughs) like it actually like it actually gets a lot of my thoughts out and I've also noticed and we've had an episode on this before on manifestations and stuff which is you know some people um you know also praying in a way I notice sometimes when I write things that a lot of the times when I write things down it ends up coming like into fruition like if I write down my goals and stuff like that or just my thoughts like things just I don't know it just always for the most part, seems to work out. So, um, it, I'm I'm a huge advocate advocate for journaling. Yeah, that's dope. 
I need to do something. I mean, I've been writing more, but more um, creative writing and just, uh, you know, working on my business, working from home and all that stuff. But uh, for some reason, I was better in the beginning of the quarantine, but then I started getting lazy and Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I'm going to get back together. This is not what this is about. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see much on that, but um. Yeah, so when prior to recording everyone, we we had like a little short discussion and we were kind of just talking about like, you know, duality, co-switching and how does that affect us in different environments and different life stages. And then Keithan told me a little bit about his story and how that affected him at home, especially with coming out and his experiences with that. So Keithan, um, why don't you take us through some of that? Well, um... I grew up in, outside of Birmingham, in suburbia, in a small city called Alabaster. Uh, with country. that, say it again? I said, in the country. In the country, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to call it suburbia. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however, um, me being, uh, growing up where I, I did, um, my family, my parents mm-hmm. moved to what what the, the the city we lived in was very segregated. Mm. So with that, there was blacks on this side of town, whites uh, uh, whites on that side of town, mm-hmm. and my parents bought a house in the quote unquote white neighborhood. And with that, they with that came me. So I had situations with my black friends who were like, oh, you live in the black neighborhood. Oh, I'm sorry, you live in the white neighborhood. Like, yeah, yes I do. <laughs> and they would never allow me into their, their group and mm-hmm. being a part of them. Mm-hmm. So then I went over to the, the white people and try to befriend them. And they were like, oh no, you can't come over here either because uh, yeah. you black. Mhm. Yeah. No, and and I'm sure like how did that work with like your siblings and stuff like that? Did they have the same experience? My brother, he was a he, he played sports. Mm-hmm. My brother I'm close to three uh, I'm the youngest of three older brothers. And my brother who's a year older than I am, he he played sports, so therefore he was like a popular person. Um, and he took care of me as much as he could yeah. and as much as he knew. But it was interesting, um, his dynamic and my dyna- dynamic, which were quite different. How so? Um, Well, with him being, uh, you know, in the South, if you play sports, you're put on a pedestal. Okay. High pedestal, especially high school sports. Yeah. put on the highest pedestal. Everyone loves you. Uh, Otherwise, in my space, I was in choir. Mm. And in choir, oh, choir, gay. Choir, choir, too. Yeah, yes. I, and then I was in show choir as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I never got to be in the in crowd yeah. with the kids. The kids, they didn't like me. They, 
I got called all the names in the world. That's so that's, that's so interesting because like you have such a well for me. I don't know. I can't speak to everyone else, but for me, you have such like a warm opening opening personality you're like full of life and full of love and um I just felt like com it, even it's funny I was talking to Malcolm about this the other day we were talking about uh, Zara Keith and I met at Zara and um he said something like he brought up I forgot how the conversation come, came up but you came up and he was like oh Keith was always mad cool to me like even before he knew that you and I uh, that he and I was um that Malcolm and I, even before you knew that Malcolm and I were like talking, like you were always just like super cool. And like to know as you, that as a child, you were kind of bullied or ostracized in any type of way. So interesting. Do you feel like that is why you're so open in a way now? Oh yes, a thousand percent. I, I, I don't shun my past and I live in a life of no regrets. Mm -hmm. So with no regrets, I, I'm, I'm, I think to myself, this taught me something. Yeah. What did it teach me? It taught me to be a better person. It taught me to treat people better. And it taught me to find my own tribe. When oh. you find your own tribe and you find your people, you're good to them. Or you find a person individually or whoever it is. Like, I am just me. I learned to be myself. I learned who I was. As a, uh, as a queer black male. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I like to use the word queer sometimes. Okay. Gay. Only because uh, that word was said to me in my childhood, oh, you're a queer, queer. And now in, in my community, we've taken back that the uh, negativity of that word. Yeah. We don't use it for ourselves. Got it. So being uh, who I am, I just like, I I I I just like to live life and mm -hmm. like to spread joy, spread love. Yes, absolutely, totally agree. And I feel like um, it's interesting that you said that you, um, like you reclaim queer um, in it in the personal stories that you just told us. How did you coming out in Birmingham Birmingham also affect like that split? duality that you had to deal with you already had to deal with like the black versus the white crowd now add another layer of being a gay male how did that affect things it affected it every day mm. because uh because you know black people are very big in church yep so with religion added on to that i found myself in uh, a bit of a dichotomy, dichotomy. Who mm -hmm. can I say the word? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was trying to be who I am at the same time, stand to this uh, religious uh, protocols that was set upon me that I was I had to follow. Yeah. So I'm. Um, I try to. How how can I put this? Uh, I try to uh, be myself in mm -hmm. a sense, at the same time, be this religious person. Mm. So did you do that for like your family's sake or 
was it just something like uh, just a part of like your self-discovery like you were just, just trying to figure it out it was always for my family's sake okay yeah my true self was always put behind in a back yeah. i was never able to be my true self of who i am growing up but that's a that's a lot of things for us gay people is we come into the world of being who the world tells us to be mm-hmm. before we're able to actually be ourselves and that's the the great thing of when you're able to come out that you're like okay i found myself this is who i am this is who i love and I'm going to make the rest of the world love this person. If they love it, they do. If they don't, bye. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you ever feel like, so like, you know, growing up, I understand like there were struggles, um, just not being accepted for who you truly are. When it When you finally grew into an adult and it was time for like getting jobs and things of that sort. Did you find difficulty with that um, when it was time to get a job? I found it uh, difficult to find to get a job only because you had to suppress the gayness. Mm-hmm. You couldn't go into an interview, quote unquote, too gay. Mm-hmm. You, uh, and this is when it comes to code switching. Yes. You code switch uh, the way you speak, you code switch the way you act. Uh, all those different different uh, contexts, and going to a job, I, I definitely I was myself. Yeah. But I definitely the gayness was not always forefront. But if if you talk to my friends, it's like, oh, Keith and they know you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> but in but in my mindset, in, in my thought process, it's like, oh. I'm not acting acting uh, too feminine right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try, to, try to be a little masculine. Yeah, that's, you know it's funny. Like a side story. When yeah. I met Keithan, um, he was he said something to me, and I was like, "Where are you from?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "No, where are you from?" And he's like, "I'm from New York." I was like, "No, you are not. Where are you from?" <laughs> He's like, I thought I was passing. I was like, no, you are definitely not from New York. Where are you from? He's like, I'm from Alabama. I was like, I knew I heard an accent. <laughs> the question, no, no, no. Some, the question was, all, people asked, oh, where do you live? I was like, oh, I live in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really? Where? I'm like, Harlem. I'm like, oh. Then they'll ask, like, oh, no, where are you from? Yeah, yeah, like they like work they, up they, to they it. Little, <laughs> my little southern twang comes out. Exactly. He's like, ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. Like with my with my parents growing up, uh, it was always, oh, you live in our house, okay, and you have your outside world. Uh, when you live in your house, you talk a certain way. When you're outside world, you talk another way, and that's where the code switching came up from. Because yeah. I can speak at home any way that I, ha- I, I, I wanted. But when I, had, when I was in the outside, outside world, as a, a Black gay man, mm-hmm. I had to be, uh, ed- I had to sound educated. Mm. Quote, quote, unquote, oh, sound white, as they say now. Got it. Which is, 
so problematic in itself. So problematic. Yes. In, <laughs> Very in problematic. In many, many ways. Another problematic uh, statement of or yeah, that situation. Yeah, it's, it's sick. Just the fact that you had to like kind of like change the way you naturally were, or change your mannerisms, or change the way you spoke, or just change your whole aura is just it's crazy even even today i feel like you know i feel like the world is changing and a lot of uh places are becoming more you know more accepting of the lgbtq community with like you know starting initiatives and stuff like that but still it's still like this underlying discrimination definitely still present that i don't i don't know it's it's just crazy to me but you know, growing up, you know, I want to go back to your childhood now. Like, let's go back to like your childhood. And, you know, in one of our, in our last episode, we were talking about with Simone and her sister and um, growing up as a, gray, a gay woman, a lesbian, how did your family react? So like, Simone's mom basically felt like they kind of felt like they had to learn how to accept having a gay or a queer child. Do you feel like your mother or your parents or your family ever had to go through that or reach that point of trying to, quote unquote, I guess, accept you for how you are or like learn how to, you know, how to raise or how to have a gay child? Um, I always thought in the, in the, the back of their minds, they knew I was gay, mm -hmm. but they would never, ever really like accept it they really did not not start accepting it until my late 20s early 30s so my mother would always tell me to do things like oh uh play sports oh you're not good at basketball you didn't make the basketball team okay you didn't do that you like to run well okay well go go join the track team. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I like this choir thing. This choir thing is fun. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I got to college where I really started to find myself. Mm -hmm. And once I really started to find myself, I, was, I found my group of friends. And my friends are the first people I came out to. Mm -hmm. How and was that? I, that? That was a, that was, mind-blowing never mm -hmm. thought i would ever say to a person hey i'm gay but then i met my best friend in college who i'm with who i'm roommates with now here in new york who taught me to be myself mm -hmm. simple as that that's what he taught me because he was his self yeah and throughout the years I never really quote unquote came out to my parents. Mm. I came out to my brother who I'm, uh, who I said earlier that I'm uh, closest with mm -hmm. only by accident. I <laughs> thought I was, my best friend's name is Jeremy and my brother's name is Jamal. So I was, thought I was texting my- Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was texting my best friend, Jeremy, telling him, oh, happy pride. We have our time right now something like that. And I end up texting my brother saying it. And he said back to me, he's like, bruh, I already knew. Oh. And then he was like, I'm okay with it. I don't care. 
I was like, oh, oh my God. And my heart just Aww. broke into pieces. And we've had a, a great relationship since then, even before then. Yeah. Um, other than that, my, I, I, like I said, I never really came out. My mother was just like, oh, okay, he's gay? He's like, yes, he's gay. It was like, and I just started being myself. And she's like, and I just started, she came to visit me here in New York mm -hmm. last summer. And she stayed a month. It's a long ass time. She said a month. I didn't <laughs> know month. that long. A whole month. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and within, within that month, once again, I live with my gay best friend. Mm -hmm. I before she got here, I was like, "Be yourself." He's like, "But why?" I was like, "No." I said, "I don't care. If you curse, curse. If you want to sit down and cross your legs, cross your legs. Mm -hmm. If you want to." say things like sis come here like you normally do when I'm here I say do it mm -hmm. so I, I kind of like threw it in her face yeah and within that her seeing it I think that brought her around to like okay my son is a queer person and this is what it is and she started to come become more acceptance acceptance of it my father, on the other hand, he is slowly coming into it. Okay. Very slowly. Um, he is a very Southern mask man. Yeah. So with him and religious on top of that. Um, however, um, my mother, I, I heard this through a friend. My mother told him, you either get on board or you're going to be left behind. Mm. And my father loves his family to death. He loves us all. So he, uh, he's slowly opening up. Okay. We, have, we, uh, we've had, we have a good relationship. Um, but we still don't talk about the gay. Yeah. I'm waiting to get to that space of where we can talk about it and it be okay. So do you feel like you can bring somebody home? I don't feel like I'm bringing somebody home, but I do feel like I'm just going to bring someone home okay. and just and just like, here it is. Yeah. You know it. So now you're going to start being acceptant, acceptant of it or you're not. Yeah. If I mean, you're not, then okay. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is, as a gay person, like there, when you're coming out, there are two main people you want to accept you, your mother and your father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, after that, you don't care what the world thinks. Mm -hmm. I don't give a, like when I got ready to like tell my friends I was gay, I was like, okay, I'm ready now. And the only two people I really care about is these two people right here. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. I don't give a D. I don't. I don't. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, it's funny because I feel like parents sometimes don't, in general, like they have so much weight in our lives that just wanting certain things, like accepting from them. Um, I, like if my mom says something to me, I, we had an um, episode about this a while ago, but like just saying like when our parents say something to us, it just hits a little different. Like mm -hmm. your friend could be like, oh girl, you need to lose some weight. And you're like, 
Like, just shut up. Your mother says it. It's like, oh my like, God, I'm fat. Like, like, how could you say that? You know? So it's just, it's in, I say that because um, in the last episode with my sister, I brought up the fact that, like, not to say that, you know, my boyfriend now has any issues, but if he were to, I, that shit would have to, like, end yesterday because there's no way that I would want to um, have a home that's not, like, you know, loving, welcoming for my child because the, it starts at home, you know? And not everyone is, like, not mentally equipped to be strong enough to me- make friends or, um, you know, find themselves in their own time and things like that. Some of these kids are very, like, mentally um, affected by their family not being supportive of them. And that's huge. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, and um, let me know what you guys think about this too, um, with Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union's daughter coming mm-hmm. out and basically just letting the world know that she wants to now be identified, you know, as female versus male. And I mm-hmm. love the way that Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union are handling the situation and just supporting her and just letting the world know like, hey, this is my daughter. This is how she wants to be identified. We accept it. If y'all don't buy, you know, like I thought that was beautiful. And she's very like confident in herself at how old? Like 12, 13? 12? Like young age. I don't even think she's 13, like teenage years yet. It's crazy. But the confidence level is just crazy to me. It's just like, wow. Yep. But that's a lot of thing about uh, queer folk is we we know who we are at an early age. Mm -hmm. We don't always know how to identify it and like say, this is that. And I think the uh, current younger generation, um, because of past generations have come out, the the spec of it is getting less and less of uh, the age of it, of people coming out is getting lower and lower and people like, coming and being themselves yeah yeah exactly so on a but on a wellness tip like throughout all of this obviously you moved to new york and you know new york has a different um a different environment new york is you know maybe a little bit more open-minded here you could be yourself you're not like you know your your family's not around you so how is is that how you handle the family dynamic part or do you just feel like you've been good, you're just waiting for them to come around type part. You know what I mean? Like, how does it affect your mentality? Like, was it moving or is it other things? As far as moving to New York alone? Mm-hmm. Well, moving to New York alone, um, well, before, New York was always my safe haven city. Mm. Like, growing up in uh, suburban Alabama, southern <laughs> state, Bible Belt. New York was always like, oh, that's the place I'm moving because I saw it on TV of people being themselves, people being out, and people being out and open. I was like, okay, yeah, that's where I'm going to move. So when I became of age, I was like, yeah, I'm moving to New York. I was like, yes, I am. And then so once I got here, uh, I was like, I'm going to be exactly who I am, exactly who I want to be, going to exactly act how I want to be, going to dress how I want, with no qualms whatsoever. So being here 
five years now, uh, I find myself, I've found a small queer community of people that I can hang around, be myself, act up. Uh, other than that, like, yeah, New York is a very open city. Mm-hmm. There's so many nationalities, creeds, religions, uh, queer peoples, all the LGBTQ community. Is- so yeah, like I said, like uh, I moved to New York alone, jobless, and I always knew this is a city that I wanted to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that there were many different types of people who lived here, and I knew that queer people, from what I've seen on TV, queer people can be open and be themselves. So that's what fascinated me initially with the city and then I got here and then I did not know a single soul I think I had one friend but he was moving out of the city so I didn't have him at all um so I had to find my own way and in finding my own way I had to find a job and with finding a job I found people and then I'm with that I started to go out and I started to meet people and I started to find my little tribe of individuals and with that uh exactly what I thought New York would be it gave me exactly what I wanted and needed which was different people from different walks of life different ethnicities religions creeds Uh, different people from the LGBT community. I met some of my best uh, trans friends in the city. Uh Some of my best gay boys, my gay girls, straight boys and straight girls as well. Uh The cis people. (laughs) 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 Can't leave them out out because like they have shaped me. into a different person than I was back in Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so interesting because you, like you said, you've been in New York for five years now. So the bulk of your life was in Alabama. So how different is Keithan from Alabama to Keithan from New York? You know, like, and how has that affected you um, earlier we were talking about journaling and meditation and things of that nature but like just the sense of freedom how has how has that affected your you know your mental wellness you know what I mean oh most definitely it, it's affecting me uh like in many many ways I'm more open now than I ever was mm. um before I moved to New York I went through a year and a half so of therapy And with that, that allowed me the space to say, Keithan, you have to make your own, your own space in the world. Mm -hmm. And once you make your own space in the world and you are yourself a hundred percent, then you start to feel people gravitate towards you. Because when you're, I, I feel, I feel a lot of, energy yeah and I feel people feel energy mm-hmm. so when when people feel good energy from you 
they gravitate towards you because of the energy that you're putting out. Yes. So I found myself, uh, I was like, I'm going to just be who I am, authentically myself. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what I did. And then with that, like, I just started to find friends, started to find my small little tribe, mm-hmm. AKA family mm-hmm. uh, here in New York. Uh, and with that, like, I started to live more freely because back in Birmingham, I wasn't able to be as free as I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. It was always um, uh, a clutch holding me back. And the clutch was the fact that, oh, my family is right around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm sure that's like that, like on a very, very small scale. That reminds me of like being in school. My mom used to work around a corner from my school when I was a kid. So imagine your mama being able to pop up anytime, any, <laughs> any <laughs> pop up <laughs> They would use that against me. I mean, she didn't have time after that necessarily but that was like when I was young like when I was naive enough to think that she would come that would like you know put me in line real quick and I just you know just thinking of like on a larger scale if if I had that like that conflict that inner conflict and just her just like you know having to think like damn they're right there I have to be on you know you don't always want to be on you want to be you and do what you want to do um so I don't know that just that reminded me of that when I was a kid and just just thinking about that was just like it was just intense for them <laughs> in my mind yeah that's the context that our parents put on us when we're we're children and then you have to find yourself to outgrow that as you become older like okay I'm an adult now they can't tell me what to do but in the back of your mind you're still like oh but what would my mother think oh but what would my father think mm-hmm. type situation yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, in some in some ways, you know, it shapes us for the better because you do want to have like a sort of when it comes to not identity, but more just like your moral compass and things like that. Like if, you know, if, you're, if you come from a family um, with good ethics and things of that nature, you do want to hold on to that side of things, but you don't want it to affect who you are as a person. Like as long as I'm not hurting nobody. I should be able to do what the hell I want. <laughs> I should be able to do what the hell I want. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes, you know. So what advice would you give? Because not everybody can move, but <laughs> <laughs> if you had to give someone advice <laughs> dealing with that, you know, and they had to, you know, maybe they have, maybe another young black male in um, Birmingham listening to this and like you know i'm not going to new york but what what advice would you give someone who like needs that um freedom from their family or from their um immediate community i I would say this exactly live your authentic life be your authentic authentic self regardless regardless Mm -hmm. and you will find that people will evolve and they'll come come to or they won't yeah Mm -hmm. the ones who evolve that's the ones you keep closer Mm -hmm. the other ones if they want to be taught you teach them if they don't want to be taught when they're ready let them know you're there Mm -hmm. that's that's perfect that's a great point yeah that's in all i feel like that's all aspects of life too like people don't always agree 
with your decisions or who you are as a person or whatever. It's like who belongs there will stay. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's it's definitely a life lesson. Period. Yeah, and everybody has to face. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like some people feel like it's interesting that you brought up if they if if they want to be taught to teach them because mm-hmm. I feel like that can be so that's like a um controversial statement in a sense where some people feel like I shouldn't have to teach you you know comments yeah. things of that mm-hmm. even just being a black person yeah. yeah we all know how many times we had to teach like let people know like Mm-mm, nope mm-hmm. we don't do that <laughs> like you know what I mean? <laughs> especially if you have um friends of other races um you know other ethnic backgrounds and things of that nature like you know, I went to school upstate New York where the black community or the people of color community was two two percent which was fine but there was there were those teachable moments and there was a point where I came where I was like I'm not teaching nobody shit but <laughs> like it's not my job to teach you anything but I had to learn that it's not my job to teach you if you don't want to be taught which right. I agree however if someone's being if they're not being malicious and they have a question and and it's just you know they're just coming from a place of ignorance because they don't know then i don't think you should well you blah blah comments is but you know what i mean like that doesn't help they're never going to learn then someone is going to have to tell them and yeah do your research like it's 2020 but you know we we're very shaped by our environment and by the people around us and things of that nature so you know when my roommate asked me what the hell was i doing with my hair yeah, I told her this is a head wrap. <laughs> Keeps the moisture in. <laughs> black people, or not black people necessarily, but people with um, kinkier hair textures need um, a little bit more moisture. Mm-hmm. How we take care of our hair. Um, do you know what I mean? So I don't think that's a bad thing. Right. In, in any situation. Right. No, I the totally teaching comes in very many uh, forms of life. Sometimes you, you just being who you are is going to teach someone else about you and the community you may belong to. I remember back in Birmingham, I worked uh, for this banking company and there was this one older lady who had never really been around queer queer folk. So me and uh, one of my best friends, we were just our, our authentic selves. And then this is like maybe three, four years into working with her. And mm-hmm. she turns to both of us and she says, thank you. Mm-hmm. We're, like, we're like, why? She's like, because you made me see queer folk in a different light. Mm-hmm. She said, you guys are just who you are. You're just attracted sexually to different beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She even in, ended up inviting us to her wedding. We were like, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, it, it, there's, a, there's different ways of teaching people. You don't have to sit down and say this, this, and that. You just be who you are, and someone's going to learn from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I always admire people who are, like, so unapologetic in whoever they are, whether it's unapologetically queer, unapologetically Black, you know, just being like, this is who I am, this is what you're going to get. And then just seeing how how people gravitate to them. It's just like, you know, I admire that all the time. And I couldn't imagine you being any other way, Keithan. So I'm so happy you moved to New York. I'm so happy <laughs> we work together because, you know, like you're one of 
my main people now. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Because you're one of my main girls, Simone. I, <laughs> you know, I love you dearly. Love you too. But yeah, thanks so much for joining. This was a great, great episode, Ethan. And we definitely appreciate your insight. Appreciate you sharing your experience with us and mm -hmm. our listeners. Um, is there any way people can find you or do you have Instagram that you would like to share any social media platforms? Well, I'm just my, I'm thinking stuff on my social media. So if you want to <laughs> find me, <laughs> if you want to find me on Insta, um, it's just Keithon, K-E-I-T-H-O-N and then M, Keithon M. Nice. There you go. Nice and simple. Keep it simple. <laughs> It's simple, yeah. <laughs> I could come up with anything else. Or <laughs> My creativity wasn't uh, acting right that day. <laughs> no, it's okay. I feel like the simpler, the better. Because I hate when people have like mad underscores and dots and stuff in their names. Like, how am I supposed to find you? Exactly. <laughs> but Soul Taboo listeners, thank you again for listening to another episode. You can catch us on Instagram at Soul Taboo Pod. Uh, you can find our episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes or emails, email us your questions or any comments that you have at soultapupod at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, thanks guys. Bye. Bye.